the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity Easter weekend. We have our Bibles in front of us. I'm here with my trusty wingman, Christy, and we are ready to talk to our very special guest about the love of God manifested in his son, Jesus Christ, for Easter. Such Amazing. a special time. It's an it's a overwhelming thing for me to think about in its entirety. Yeah. And what better weekend than this? I think it's one of my favorite times of the year. It is. Friends. At Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, knowing that through him, by his blood and suffering in atonement for the sins of man, by faith alone and by the grace of God, we too are spiritually resurrected, and surely that merits solemn reflection. At Easter, we rejoice that in Christ, we not only have new life, but also adoption into the family of God and eternal salvation. And if that weren't enough, As sons and daughters of the Most High God, newly revived from the dead and clad in the righteousness of Christ, we then have the honor of bringing the gospel to the world. John 1, 4 says of Jesus, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, and surely it is so. Yeah, it feels like that time of uh, the season, very light. I read that to you, those words, because I want so much to say it right, to say it with the awe that I think it should have. And here to help us talk about what Easter means to him, Pastor Alec Brunson of Pillar Church in Conroe and Christy and I are, uh, how do you say, new? We're not even. We're not members yet. We're getting there. We're trying. (laughs) Right. And uh, we're just becoming members and we're just beginning the process. Uh, because after searching for a church for a long time since we were married, yeah, 
uh, we have found a place where the Word of God and the heart of God is led uh, in such a beautiful way by Pastor Alec and Pastor Ryan Parker. And um, we found a home there with you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Official. That's right. And we're working on that. We're working on that. Yes. (laughs) And Pastor Alec is just going to spend some time with us today to talk about Easter. Yeah. Uh, I love your bio. Alec is the husband of Emily Claire and father of Knox and Adeline Wren. I love the way that that just says, it's not me. I am who my people Mm. define me as. And we are who God defines us as. Mm-hmm. And I love the first and middle names, too. I was telling Pastor Alec before the show that if I was called Christy Lynn, I would think that I was in trouble. But you've said it so beautifully. It's a blessing. <laughs> it's a yeah. blessing. Yeah. <laughs> it is a blessing. I was never called Richard Joshua. I was called some words you can't say. Like <laughs> It is a Christian show. <laughs> was it Bill Cosby who said for the first uh, 19 years of his life, he thought his name was... Yeah, I wouldn't. Can say I it. say that word? I don't. Know I'm asking Mike if I can say the word. Ah, yeah. Bill Cosby said for the first uh, 19 years of his life, he thought his name was Damn It, because his parents were always saying. Anyhow, uh, God bless you for being here. Thank you yeah, for being here. I am overjoyed to be here with you guys, and I'm excited that the Lord has brought our paths together. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Excited for, Lord willing, uh, many years of fruitful ministry and so excited about what the Lord's doing through you and the show and uh, can't wait to talk about the resurrection and and, uh, what this week and this Sunday means. Amen. Would you pray for us and we'll get on with it. Oh, I would love to. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you um, for this time. We thank you for um, what you have done for us through the person and the work of Christ, specifically his work on the cross, paying for our sin, and uh, especially this weekend as we celebrate and remember the glorious resurrection of Jesus that has um, proven without a doubt uh, God's power over sin and death and what it means for us to be able to walk in newness of life. We thank you for that glorious reality. May we live in it, and uh, as we reflect on it today, may it pierce our hearts afresh and anew and uh, help us then to walk in your spirit. God, we love you. Thank you again for this time, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, Before we get started, I wonder if you could help us all to get to know you a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, and tell us about how you came to ministry. Ah, Absolutely. Um, Well, the Lord saved me when I was heading into high school. I was uh, young, grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. Uh, Didn't really grow up going to church, though, which is sort of unique. A friend invited me and uh, heard the gospel, believed the Lord saved me. And uh, pretty quickly, really within the next year, I started to sense just that internal call to ministry. Um, just be- wow. began to feel like I think this is what God's calling me to do. Didn't know exactly what you know, uh, exactly what path that would take, or what avenue, what aspect of ministry that would take. But I, I, I felt it uh, really since the time I was in high school. 
And then, you know, fast forward through the years, I pursued different avenues of ministry, internships, worked at camps, did student ministry at different churches over, you know, through college, helped plant churches along the way, had a lot of really cool experiences. And then um, after Emily Claire and I, we when we got married, uh, we ended up in the Northwest Houston area and I was in the student ministry at Champion Forest for several years. And then... Um, during that time, the Lord began stirring in my heart as I was finishing up seminary and, and all of those things that um, uh, something was next. And uh, the Lord moved us up to Conroe and um, we moved up there in October of 2020 and began the work of uh, starting to plant Pillar Church. And actually yesterday was the one year anniversary of the official launch of, of Pillar Church. So wow, one, one, one year, year one year. What I'm, yeah. what I'm amazed by is in 2020, you started roughing out plans. And so that means you just, it was a year and a half of roughing out plans or a year. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, no less. It was crazy. Yeah, it yeah. really was. It wow. really was. We, we had a unique situation coming from a, a um, being a part of Champion Forest before. So we had you know, we had it's some awesome kind of flexibility church, and um, we had a lot of, of support to really have a good runway to make sure we did it well and did it right. So um, now that's a great expression, uh, a good runway. But <laughs> I wonder here. why you like yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you to Champion Forest yeah. for oh, absolutely. supporting that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a light. Uh, it's a, a light in South Conroe yeah. to, to yeah. have. Uh, this church home. I have to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. What city, town did you grow up in? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in the booming metropolis of Oolaga, Oklahoma. Oolaga. O-O-L-O-G-A-H. So I read that and I uh -huh. had to know how to pronounce it, but yeah. my dad grew up in Loco, really? Oklahoma. Wow. <laughs> I think yes. there was 11 That's people crazy. in his high school. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy, uh -huh. but I'm pumped. <laughs> Ulaga. We, Ulaga. Were, we right. were reading it and wondering how it is. There you go. And so if I, I know we're not supposed to have regrets because we were just talking to somebody about how if we are these huge blocks of stone and God is little by little chipping away the mm -hmm. edges to reveal the man and woman he envisions us to be, mm -hmm. then how can you regret any of the chipping? Right. Uh, like Michelangelo, uh, creating David or revealing David. Right. Yeah. And so I know we're not supposed to have regrets because then you're regretting some of the work that God thought was necessary. But if I had a regret, sure. it would just be that I didn't know Jesus sooner. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that would take away from the opportunity that I have as a Jew in the Old Testament to look forward to the New Testament with the very unique perspective that that has given me especially when you add the military perspective where I realized that this Jesus was a hard fought character to mm. get to. It took us a thousand pages of old Testament and men trying to do it in different ways right. and by themselves. And uh, sometimes they did a better job of looking to God than others, but a lot of the time they didn't. And so I love the perspective that I have of coming to Jesus from that place as opposed to a historical fact that we mm. kind of sort of say, oh, yeah, Jesus. Right. So I can't really regret that. But at the same time, I, I would love to have known him sooner because there was a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness and a lot of things I went through by myself, maybe in the darkness that I would have loved to have been 
uh, lighted by the love of Christ mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit's voice in my heart saying, little fella, I wish you wouldn't do that. It's not going to work out well. Right. And so when I hear your story, I'm like, God bless you for finding him young. Yeah. Yes, definitely a blessing looking back. And uh, even though I didn't grow up going to church, I do have a unique perspective because when the Lord saved me, I didn't know any different. You jump all in and you go for it. And I do think that is one of the, the benefits of coming to Christ later. You know what the alternatives are right. and right. you know that it does not work. Whereas sometimes people that uh, it is a blessing to, you know, have that testimony of, you know, I got saved in VBS and baptized at, you know, seven years old or whatever. But uh, it is a it is a huge blessing to to know the Lord and um, and be in this position. So, well, Amen, friends. We're talking with Pastor Alec Brunson of Pillar Church in Conroe, and Easter weekend is here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you think about what's going on in Jerusalem at this time, a little over two thousand years ago, mm -hmm. it is a violent and sad. Uh, uh, seen yesterday uh, with the crucifixion of Christ. And now those who loved him and who knew him are in a place of tremendous sadness. And little do they know that God's glory will be revealed shortly. And so I hope you'll stay with us. We're going to talk about that a little more in the second segment with Pastor Alec. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelo. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelo's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're here with Pastor Alec. And as always, my wedded wingman Christy and we are talking about Easter and uh, as a Jew many of you know I'm a Jew who came to Jesus late in life I think about how far God had to come to find me and he had to wade through a lot of the worldliness and chip away mightily at the big block of granite that would eventually become a man who was loosely a uh, resemblance of where he wanted me to go, and I pray his work continues. Tell me if this is fair. I look at the first three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, mm -hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as a chronology, a history. And when I come to John, I feel the heart of God. Yeah. So I started memorizing the book of John. 
because I just love the heart. Yeah. And uh, friends, if you wanted to start doing that, I think something that cuts through all the religion and all the everything is to just begin verse one in the beginning was the word. And I'm awed by it. At first I wondered why did it suddenly talk about John the Baptist right in the middle there Mm -hmm. and then go back to this amazingly beautiful writing that talks about what Jesus is all about, what God's doing in Jesus. The word became flesh and took his dwelling among us. Uh, just so beautiful. Yeah. So um, start with where where you are in this. I'd love to hear your, your heart for Easter and so forth. As I have, um, you know, moving from Palm Sunday last week and into this week and reflecting and thinking on Easter, I've really, I think I've been moved maybe more than ever by reflecting on the whole narrative of the passion week or what we call Holy week. And, um, as you're saying, really, if you read all four of the gospels, not just the synoptics, but John as well, all of them, um, really come to a a climax this week in the life of Jesus. All of them, um, all of them are leading up to this triumphal entry and then they press pause and they slow down and they really give you a blow by blow and a moment by moment, you know, more than most of the other moments of Jesus's life about what's going on. And um, this showdown and this heightened sense of conflict and drama when it comes to the chief priests and the scribes who want Jesus crucified and the people uh, praising God, but then being um given into a mob mentality and they end up screaming, crucify him. And they want Barabbas released, you know, all of these uh, moment by moment. And during the passion week, I've really been struck by, I think more than ever, because sometimes what we can do is just pull out the snippets uh, in the gospels. You know, we just take the one little chunk about the resurrection or we take the one chunk about the crucifixion and we really don't, you know, and we make our historical points about the resurrection of Jesus and all those are great and we should and need to do that. But with where I am right now, that was the question I have loved just looking at the whole week, everything that's going on in these gospel narratives and really reflecting on what Jesus has done. Yeah, you kind of take a step back from the religiosity of it. Um the theology of it, and you put your heart in that place. That's right. And to me, it's just amazing. So Matthew chapter 1 through chapter 20, Jesus is is inevitably heading to Jerusalem this moment. And then the next couple chapters are about this time. And then you have the remaining chapters through 28 of Jesus comes back and appears to the apostles and appears to the people. And it's like you said, God just builds this amazing sense of drama. Mm -hmm. And now it's here and it's joyous and sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the sad and whatever people think of this movie, I don't know. But since I learned about it and kind of every, almost every Easter, I watch the passion Mm -hmm. of the Christ Mm -hmm. and it's joyous and very sad and very hard to work, uh, watch. But I think um, 
it, it just makes me mindful of uh, the sacrifice that he went through. And whether it's biblically correct or not, it, it seems like it for the most part is, but it just helps me focus on that that totality of the situation. That's right. And that's, I think that's where we should be as believers. And as we head into Easter and, and this week, you know, this Holy week, that, that's what I, that's what I want us to, to do, to see Jesus with our eyes of faith, walking through all of the things that he walked through, through the crucifixion. And it, yeah. it's, it's cool that you said that Christy, this last Sunday in church, we, our scripture reading was, Mark 15, 1 through 32, we did a long stretch, and that is the, that is the, <laughs> that is the, the it's the crucifixion narrative. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it was, uh, our reader started crying yeah. right in the middle of it. I could hear people weeping uh, as we're reading the scripture. And that you, that's, that's, yeah. that's where, that's where our hearts, I, I believe that's where they should be as we reflect on the beautiful work of Christ yeah. uh, on our behalf. Yeah. Uh, boy, a couple things came to me while you were talking. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Peter says, don't go. Mm -hmm. Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. So he's calling a friend, Satan. And we talked about this once before on the show. It's because anything that got between him and his father's business was the enemy. Right. And it was so amazing in the Garden of Gethsemane when his betrayer brings the soldiers, Jesus called him friend. Mm. Why? Because anything that helps you do your father's business, even if it's a difficult circumstance, is your friend. Yeah. And so that's an amazing thing when you think about it, that as God is chipping away those stones to reveal this inner man or this inner woman, and we have this terrible hardship, and it might be initially uh, a response to resent the hardship, but remember... Call it friend and work to navigate that hardship with the, the mindset and the heart set that God is revealing things in you. And so he calls Peter Satan. Now he is, uh, the next thing that strikes me is how fickle the people were. Right. Mm. Even the apostles, the Passover yeah. supper. Uh, can I sit on your right? Can I sit on your left? Who's your favorite? It's like, dude. Could you miss the boat anymore? Well, right. nothing much has changed. <laughs> and then what's people. interesting is the Pharisees are afraid of saying certain things in front of the crowds because they're afraid of the crowds. Yep. And what comes to me there is if we make ourselves a crowd of Christians speaking with one voice about Christ, then the world will be afraid of us too. And the world will perpetrate less buffoonery because... We are a crowd to be reckoned with. And so as all of that is going on, here is Jesus. Mm -hmm. What's he doing? He's speaking truth compassionately even to the man who will betray him. One of you will betray me. And he's not being swayed by the crowd. And yet inside he has such anguish, he sweats blood. And yet he stayed this course. And I think it's such a lesson to all of us how we can do the same. Mm -hmm. Not listen to the crazy voices, call things the enemy that deter us from our connection to Christ and uh, call things friend that help us 
do the work of the Father. Mm -hmm. The word that's coming to mind through what you said, Pastor Alex, and what you're saying, Richard, is focus. So where is our focus this season? And it can it be, you know, is it on the sacrifice of Jesus? Is it on Holy Week? But that's where our eyes should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you were saying, Richard. And um, that's that's one of the things I think that the Gospels do well is invite us in to identify with the different characters that are in the narrative. And, um, and I, I like that last point where we can, we can identify with the people who at, in one moment are praising Jesus and in the next they're uh, crying out, crucify him. Mm. And really we can even identify with those chief priests and those scribes to some, to some degree, meaning their biggest issue um, was the issue of authority. They wanted to be in charge uh, throughout the Gospel of Mark in particular, the issue from the beginning to the end is who's in charge here? Who gets to t- who gets the say in my life? Um, and ultimately, those chief priests, the scribes, the elders, the, the, the Sanhedrin, the people that were in charge at the time, ultimately, that was their issue with Jesus is because he was teaching as one with authority. That was their big problem. And uh, there through the end, uh, and then finally, we see in the life of Jesus um, even those people that rejected his authority, he died for. Yeah. And so we can identify with the people. We can even identify with the bad guys in the narrative of the gospel. We can put ourselves in their shoes and we can say, isn't it good news for us that Jesus died for the bad guys? Just like you. And Amen. Steady course focused on his father's business until he said it is finished. And I think there's another metaphor that strikes me, and that is the Roman Empire was throwing out crumbs of power to the Jewish government uh, under Herod and the temple. And so Herod and the temple were scratching for the little bits and pieces thrown to them by the Romans. And if you think about it, if you imagine the Romans as Satan throwing out little bits and pieces, mm. and here we are on earth, whether you're a politician scratching for your little bit of power, but if you've ever watched people work in groups, they will all try and create these little fiefdoms, <laughs> these tiny right. little islands of power, and then woe to he who gets uh, sets foot on that other island. You've seen it at work. We create oh, yeah. these little lanes and, and don't... And so there's just so much in these last eight chapters of Matthew and that, that talks to who we are and where we are. And if there's one thing I would say, it is this. We just need to be focused on our Father's business. Up and down, however the path is, stay the course. That focus. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Pastor Alec, with whom do you identify most? Because you said we all identify. Stay with us, friends. We'll be back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. 
Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Pastor Alec of Pillar Church. He and Pastor Ryan Parker have planted a church on the south side of Conroe to which God has guided Christy and I, and we're in the process of making that our formal church home. Amen. And thank you, God, and thank you, Pastor Alec and Pastor Ryan, for that. And we're talking about Easter and what Easter means to us. And in the last segment, Pastor Alec talked about how we can each identify with somebody in the Bible, a character in the Bible. And the very second you said that, Mm -hmm. I knew who my guy was. Mm. And I'm interested to know, with whom do you identify most? Yeah. Um, Maybe this would change over time. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I love the question. Uh, And right now, my answer has got to be Timothy. Um, Oh, I love that. You know, he was a local church pastor. Um, He was Paul's son in the faith. And... um, my favorite books of the Bible, not the question you asked, but it, it goes with it, are those pastoral letters. That's one of my favorite. First and too. Second Timothy are probably my favorite books of the Bible. Um, that's cheating a little bit because I am a pastor, but I do feel a special connection with Timothy. And uh, I read Second Timothy and that farewell letter of Paul to his son in the faith, these final instructions to, to, to a pastor. Um, yeah. I really, really take that to heart. So I d- identify uh, particularly with, with Timothy. Those words are so encouraging in Timothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Keep in mind, Second Timothy chapter 3, but mark this, mm. in the end times. And then a huge paragraph of incredibly powerful language. And what I would say about that is, is that not a call 
to those of us who are about our Father's business, trying to get where we're going, as Jesus did along the road to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And is he not saying, don't be distracted, don't be disheartened, don't let that get you down. People will be crazy. Right. They're lost. Have compassion on them. I love the um, scripture where when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion, compassion on them for they were harassed and confused like sheep without a shepherd. And here you are with the responsibility as being a shepherd. And uh, I think of myself more as a sheepdog than a shepherd. Mm. Um, and then I thank God for the shepherds he has put among us. And I also think it must be a very weighty responsibility. And it actually, to take it in a slightly different direction, reminds me of this joke, which I think is okay to say. I was on a layover a couple weeks ago, and one of the guys I was walking to dinner with, his father had been a pastor. So we're all pilots, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm a pilot. I'm an airline pilot in case uh, some of you are new listeners. And so he says, hey, I'm a pilot. My dad was a pastor. Have you ever heard the joke about the pilot who goes to heaven? And he talks to St. Peter. And uh, St. Peter says, welcome, welcome. Here's the keys to your big giant mansion. And here's the keys to your Ferrari. It's right there down the street. Uh, it's beautiful. Well done. And the pilot walks down to his new mansion. And the guy behind him is a pastor. <laughs> and the pastor steps up and St. Peter says, um, your tent is over there and that bicycle parked in front of it is yours. And the pastor's like, well, not to be ungrateful. I'm just wondering here what happened with that because I was devoted. And St. Peter says, yeah, and we can only go by what we see. So when we look down on some Sundays... Half of the congregation is sleeping in your church. But when that guy flies, everybody on that airplane is praying. <laughs> <laughs> so in any event, I like it. your guy is Timothy, and that's amazing. And the, the responsibility you have is tremendous. Having been a man in leadership in combat, I think we have similar roles. Mm -hmm. uh, because this is hard, friends, and we're, we're laughing, but we know it's hard. And now I want to ask Christy. Well, before you ask me that, because I'm not really exactly sure who I completely identify with, and I'll get to that, I want to say something about Tim Timothy. I said it was very encouraging, and then Richard, you said, you know, there's some really pointed words in there. I find that encouraging because that gives me so my so-called marching orders. And so it kind of takes the weight off my back. Like, I know how to operate, and if I don't operate in this manner— then it's it's on me, That's right? So it's really freeing that I've got that that encouraging word. It's like a father. Well, it is a father mm -hmm. who loves you so much to say, "Hey, get on the right road here," or or you know, get off. That's right. And by the it way, is I a love great you. Point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does remind us what is our father's business. Yeah, and it does remind us this is a battlefield, friends. We're talking about Second Timothy chapter three verses like one through maybe quite far nine or something mm -hmm. uh, well really you could go all the way to four eight is kind of that whole section where... and he's yeah he's just talking about how people will be lovers of self people mm -hmm. will be greedy disrespectful to their parents uh lustful and so forth and so i think uh christy makes a great point about what is 
a consolation about it is it's like deploying to a new area of the battlefield and you get this intelligence briefing. The first thing you always do when you're going to a new place of war is we in the Marine Corps, we call it an IPB because we have an acronym for everything. And it stands for an intelligence preparation of the battlefield. And we need that. And we need to understand what to expect of the enemy. And then we make our plans. And so Second Timothy chapter 3, what to expect of the enemy. So when you turn on CNN or when you see the Internet and these heartbreaking things, don't, don't be alarmed. Don't be frightened. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go, A, and B, expect it. And also, now you know what the enemy looks like. Don't be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody want to know who my guy is? Oh, yeah. We didn't ask Let's you. Sorry it. about that. <laughs> the centurion. I knew you were going to mm. say that. <laughs> I absolutely love the centurion, friends, where he says to Jesus, come and heal my slave. I love the fact that he loves his slave because he's a man who had power and, uh, of life and death over anybody. Mm-hmm. And he was in command of a hundred. So he was a sheepdog, a centurion, a hundred. Right. And he asked Jesus to come and heal his slave. And Jesus said, take me to him. And then with true humility, he said, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say it because I'm a man of authority and I have men under me. And I say to this one, come and he comes. And I say to that one, go and he goes. So I know you have but to say the word. Mm. And I just love the reverence he has for Christ, the the homage he pays to the power of the living God on earth. And so it would be the centurion for me. I love it. So it fits. Uh, and it kind of fits. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, I am a Marine. Yeah. And so I have men under me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also know how to take orders. Something I think uh, we have to learn to do is take orders. And those orders are about our father's business. And you have answered that call so beautifully. Uh, and so um, Second Timothy, what do you think of what we were just saying? Your focus on Jesus is entering Jerusalem now. The crowds are being the crowds. He knows what's coming. It's going to be the culmination of work. What work is it? Can we talk about the atonement, the atoning work for just a second? Sure. Um well, the events that happen in the crucifixion um, and what is known as Good Friday, um, it is that work of Jesus on the cross. And there is so much that's happening there in the atonement, uh, but most would agree that the heart of what's happening with Jesus on the cross has to do with substitution, meaning mm-hmm. what Jesus was doing on the cross Um, Mm. his willing sacrifice, that's an important aspect. He gave his life. Uh, It was not taken from him. He laid it down. Um, Jesus had all authority. He could have come down on the cross, yet he chose to stay. Um, And what he was doing was substitutionary in nature, meaning he was doing it for us. For us, yeah. That's the heart of the cross. That's powerful. Um, He takes our place. He pays for our sin uh, and for anybody who would trust and believe in the good news of what Jesus has done, they can receive forgiveness of sin, be restored into a right relationship with God. Um, so that's really the, the heart and the core of what's happening there. 
And it's done while we're yet sinners. That's right. I think and that's so, key to be thinking about that that word willing. Mm-hmm. I always kind of focus in on words. Mm-hmm. So focus was my first word. And here that there's a distinction, willing sacrifice, that he could have not done this, yet he still did. While and what did he say earlier in Scripture? Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for a friend. Mm-hmm. Lay it down. Right. Yeah. Not have it taken from him. Right. And if we're adopted into sonship, that means we're brothers in Christ, and it means certainly we're friends, and greater love hath no man. So he laid it down for us willingly, and that gave us the right to become. And so that becoming is a powerful thing to me because, friends, a lot of the time I think the devil tells us we're not worthy. The devil tells us you don't know Scripture, you haven't learned enough, you made that big mistake yesterday Look at what you've done, and we listen to those words, and we forget about this atoning work where while we were yet sinners, we're still incredibly messed up. Jesus lays down his life for us. In Isaiah chapter 1, I think verse 19, God says something beautiful to Isaiah. He says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And so the creator of the universe is inviting his children, come to me and I will make your sins as white as snow. And it begs the question, how did he plan to do it? And this was his plan. 500 years before Jesus, this was his plan, that he would lay down his life. That's a beautiful point. Friends, stay with us. We'll be back in the last segment with Pastor Alec Brunson. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're having a wonderful conversation with Pastor Alec Brunson of Pillar Church. And it's Easter. And I think like Christianity, our conversation is part joy, part uh, solemn, uh, part awed, part sad, 
All of these things, and if there's one thing I've observed about Christianity as a Jew, is that it is a place of duality. We are spiritual beings living in the flesh. We contend on a battlefield of good and evil. There's so much about Christianity where there uh, are two faces. And so, as Christians, we are joyful because whatever I did yesterday by Christ's atoning work on the cross, I can be something new tomorrow. And I always have another chance to do the right thing and to be the person God wants me to be. And there's nothing I've done that is so bad or so awful that I can't make the choice right now in Christ to be something better in the next moment. And you've heard me say it on the show before, do the next right thing. And in this convoluted world that's so crazy, what we know is I can't trust myself about what's right because I've been lied to for so long about so much The only thing I can do is open my Bible and ask, what does Jesus say is right? And then do that. The shortest distance between you and Jesus is the next right thing. And whatever you have to do on this earth to get there, just do that. And so at the end of the last segment, Pastor Alec talked to us about the atoning work of Christ on the cross. And now I'm going to ask him a two-part question. It's really two questions but I'm afraid of saying that it's two questions because Christy tells me, don't stack questions. She's a coach, right? And it's (laughs) very important. I've been trained, don't stack questions. (laughs) And and so stacking questions mean I say to you, where do you want to go for dinner? What do you want to eat? What time should we leave? What should we wear? And that's like four (laughs) questions. And so don't stack questions. Brain can't process. Can I ask a two-part question? You can do whatever you want. That's right. I can handle it. I can handle it, Richard. Friends, this is Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and I'm going to ask a two-part question, but all kidding aside, it's very important to me because at a time like this, we must consider the newness that is available to us and what we will do next and what will come of this work. You see, something has to come of it because it's inside us and it comes out of us. But as James said, faith without works is dead. So what I'd like to ask you, Pastor Alec, is what concerns do you have for the congregation at this time? And then the second part of that is our listeners who uh, are here with their hearts and God bless them. Uh, what would you say uh, to them? Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, if you are listening, I am, I am speaking to you and treating you like you are one of my sheep in this moment. And so these are, um, these words are going to uh, hit you just like they would uh, our people at Pillar Church. And my heart and my concern is um, that we wouldn't take time to really consider uh, what the events of this week really mean. What was Jesus really doing? What really happened on the cross like we talked about? But what really happened when Jesus rose from the dead? What I don't want us to do is to just check mental boxes and say, oh, yeah, you know, he rose from the dead and that's it, and just kind of move on and do our obligatory family pictures and our pastel colors by the flowered cross. Those things are great and wonderful, and I hope you get a good family picture this year at Easter. But what I don't want for us as a people is to miss what Jesus has done and what it means for us. 
I think in our current cultural moment, it might still be, um, it might still be okay to mentally assent to the historical fact that Jesus rose from the dead. What's more difficult, I think, in our moment for you and I is to actually live like that is true mm. um, and to really live out the implications of the resurrection. If that's really true, uh, if Jesus really has defeated sin and death, how can I walk and live my life now in freedom and joy knowing that he is overcome? If Jesus really has risen from the grave, if he really has paid for my sin, um, how can I live my life in such a way that I don't have to carry around the guilt and shame and wonder if I'm accepted by God? No, he has proven it to me on the cross and through his resurrection that I will spend eternity with him. Actually living out the implications of the resurrection is what I want for you uh, today and for us as a people. So this may be a big question, but for someone who's struggling with that, how would you, what would you say to them? What would they do? Um, I would say, look with your eyes of faith at Jesus. Look what he has done on the cross. Read the gospel narratives and um, believe it. Believe it to be true. And I can't make you do that, um, but I can pray and we can pray uh, that in the moments of doubt, in the moments of anxiety, in the moments of fear, in the moments of struggle, um, we can ask the Holy Spirit to do a supernatural work. And as we behold Jesus with the eyes of faith, he will um, do that miraculous work in our hearts. We talk a lot on the show about reading the Bible and it might sound repetitive, but that's really after you're convicted and you give your life to Christ, that's the place to go. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely think that, uh, firstly, I love that answer. Thank you. Um, when I talk about, friends, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, if you want to know what was in God's heart, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I just can't say enough. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I'm God's son. And I, I look to, to Jesus to know how to walk that out on the earth. When I was first commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Marines, they put these gold bars on my collar. And I turned to my brother who was there at my commissioning. And I said, now how do I act? Mm. <laughs> Because it was a, a big thing, gold bars worn by Marines for 200 plus years. Now, how do I act? And so as we think about the resurrection of Christ, the empty tomb, we should ask, now, how do I act? Mm -hmm. Well, we can't trust any of our own notions. And so what we have to say is, what does the Bible say? And so when you read the Bible, it's not this old dusty book. It's, it's telling you now, how do I act? Now, what matters? Now, what is true? What is the next right thing to do? And, and that's beautiful to me because as I read it, asking what now, I'm acknowledging that I'm done with what was. And so that's an amazing thing done by Christ the day he was crucified and then three days later in his resurrection.
Amen. Final thoughts, Pastor Alex. No, that's, uh, I love, I love everything that you've said. And it's, uh, this really is the heart and the core of our faith. This is everything. First Corinthians 15, when Paul's reflecting on, uh, the gospel and he goes to the resurrection, he says this Christ died, uh, in accordance with the scriptures, he died, rose again in three days in accordance with the scriptures. This, this is the gospel I preach to you. I mean, this is it. And so these matters that we're talking about today, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ is everything. And uh, it is the core of our faith. So it's a, it's a joy to reflect on those things. And uh, I pray that we all do not miss this special, unique opportunity this weekend uh, to reflect on the heart of our faith. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Friends, Scripture tells us that God will give us the desires of our heart. It tells us if we want him, we will have him. The verse says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, verse 4. And Romans chapter 1, verse 24 says, therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts. So your heart's desire will be manifest in your life. And if your desire is for God and for Christ and atonement for the past and a new future and all the good that you can do, then that will be yours. And that is the truth of the scripture. And as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant and that it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And we later come to find out that it's abundant life that Jesus wants us to have. Friends, there's so much comfort to be had in this verse, in this difficult and dark world. Our first conversation is that we're loved by God. Next, we're comforted in that his love is not conditional. He gave his beloved son for us while we were yet sinners. And the final consolation of this verse is that the only requirement for us is that we believe in Jesus Christ. It is by faith alone. We're not asked to climb mountains. We're not asked to be perfect. His love is not by religious ritual. We're simply asked to believe in Jesus. Whatever comes after in the new life given to us by Jesus is simply our heart's response to God's love. It's not by works. We can't control God's feelings by what we do or do not do. He loves us, and when we allow his love to fill us, then we will love ourselves because we will think about how special we are to him, and then we will love others because we'll understand that they too are special to him. And that's courageous Christianity. Pastor Alec, thanks for being with us today. It's been a joy. Thank you guys so much. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, on kkht.com or your favorite podcast app or our website, courageouschristianity.today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. Happy Easter. God bless and Semper Fi. Yeah. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.